Welcome to UCX Podcast. Andrew here with my host, Michael. Michael, how are you? Doing well. And yourself? I am awesome. MIA Nate is not here, uh, but we do have a special guest today. Our first non-Utah guest. Ooh. Uh, I'll introduce him, I think. Yeah. So if you have been in the pandemic and jonesing for your X-Wing fix, uh, one of the newest X-Wing streamers is be Sam from the Candid Clarinetist. So he streams Wednesdays and Sundays. Sundays are tank top Sundays. So put on your <laughs> tank tops, weather's getting warm and hang out with him. And then he and his wife will sometimes stream on Fridays and have a real casual laid back sort of, uh, not, not the Utah typical stream. Cause not a whole lot of us are drinkers, but there's some of it. I'm, I'm looking at some people uh, <laughs> that'll really enjoy those streams as well. Uh, so, Sam, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. It's uh, It's been a pleasure to get to know both of you sort of virtually over this uh, past year or so. I guess, you know, almost nine months that I've been streaming. But uh, I'll look forward to the time where I can visit you guys and play some actual in-person X-Wing. That'd be fun. It will happen one day. Yes. Yeah. Well, and didn't they just, Gen Con got moved to September, is that right? Gen Con was moved to September. I was, I gotta admit, I was a little disappointed because uh, that's when my orchestra season starts. So I might not be able to do the full Gen Con experience, but it is better than it being canceled outright. So yeah. we can all look forward that something's gonna happen with Gen Con, which is awesome. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, Sam, we have some things that I asked you to, to think about um, that are particular to our podcast. Um, oh, yeah, this is gonna be so much fun. Uh, so why don't you talk about some of your, your accolades that Sam doesn't have? The other oh, Sam. Gosh. <laughs> um, are we, t- we're talking X-Wing accolades. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the ones you'll, you have many accolades throughout your, <laughs> okay. your young life, but, uh, X-Wing specific. Yeah. You don't need to mention the fifth grade bowling participation trophy that you got. Okay. Uh, unless, you, unless, unless that's um, your highlight, like go for it. Shoot your shot, <laughs> no. man. So um, I started playing X-Wing at the beginning of second edition, basically. Uh, I learned at Gen Con. A friend of mine came with me, and we knew that we wanted to demo the game because we both like Star Wars. And I had uh, one of his coworkers played in our local playgroup, and so I got connected with him, and I started playing, and I just went all in uh, to it. I, I used to play Magic the Gathering competitively when I was in high school, and... Uh, this was, you know, something that I always enjoyed, an aspect of my life, just the, the competition aspect of it. And so I uh, started playing on the regular every week on Wednesday nights with the, my local playgroup, Hangar 19. And uh, then I started going to tournaments. Now it's a little weird for me because I work on the weekends, so I can't, like, grind tournaments every weekend. But, you know, if they're, they are available, I, I, I do try to play them, especially over the summer. And so I played... Uh, a couple of the like store championships or whatever they were called and some of the hyperspace trials. And I started, you know, getting pretty good results, making cut almost every time, which was really cool. Um, and then I I think my big breakthrough trial dice, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I sold those almost immediately. (laughs) Um, cause I can't read them. I can't read the red ones. I know it, right? Um, I can't play with them. They're they're so bad. Yeah. I have, I have a friend in my play group who's actually colorblind and he, actually I just can't read the red dice so um so anyways um 
my big breakthrough came in Gen Con 2019, I want to say is when it was, uh, where I went six and one on day one and made the top, uh, it, was, it ended up being a top 14 cut because it was X and ones made the cut. And then I made it to top eight, which was, which was really cool. And that, you know, that sort of confirmed to me, I was like, okay, I actually, you know, can play at the highest level of the game and, um, Hold on. Yeah, we, so that was really we, cool. We weren't there, ahead, so that's yet to be determined. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the other cool thing too is that was the first time they did faction prizes, and the top player from each faction got like a template tray, and so I, w- I won the imperial temp- template tray, which was really cool because uh, you know you know there's only like two or I guess there's there's four of them because there was a European continentals and a North American, so I I got the top. Imperial player. So you were top eight, but you were the top Imperial player. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, So it went by by day. So so they had day one A and day one B. And so day one A, top Imperial player got one and day one B. So day one B was Matthew Carey who got it. And then day one A was me. Um, So that was cool. And uh, after that, that's a that's a big world to be listed with. I'm sorry. That's a big name to be listed with, you and Matthew Carey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and he ended up getting second to Carson Ray, who ended up winning the tournament. Um, and my top eight game was really close. I played uh, I can't remember his last name. Josh. He's a he's one of the crates, uh, but he was a fantastic player. And and our game ended up coming down to the to the very last dice roll. So it was it was pretty cool to make it that far. Uh, I also perplexed all of the podcasters because I, I played a two-ship list and they just couldn't believe that I did so well with a two-ship list. So that was kind of fun, too. And you're flying Rack and... Rack Whisper, right? Yeah. Rack Whisper, yeah. And it was a, I was proud of myself because it was a list of my own creation. Um, at least this version of it was. I was one of the very first people to put passive sensors on Whisper with uh, Fifth Brother. And... Uh, use, basically, I utilized Hot Shotgunner and Darth Vader crew to basically just strip all the tokens. Juke. It was it was a pretty nasty list. It's it's now I believe you can't fly it anymore because it's outpriced. The two hundred and thirty point list. Yeah, it's like it's it's over two hundred now. I think with my version of it. Um, but I ended up, I had like an eight point bid too, so I could just. Um, it was it was a pretty powerful list. I think that it was a it was a good tournament list at least for me to fly. Because there were some matchups that were just so easy that um, they were they weren't automatic wins, but they were as close as you can get to automatic wins, and and uh, I, I I wanted to take a risk and try it, and I you know did did really well with it, so that was that was really fun. Nice, good for you, man. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I was really looking forward to going to Gen Con again last year and trying to uh, repeat my performance, but obviously none of us were able to do that last year. Um, but you know, we will in the future, in the near future, hopefully. Um, and then, uh, worlds, I went to, I was able to go to worlds because there was a, a week where I didn't have to play in the orchestra and it, and I have great colleagues where they, they sort of covered for me that week. And so I, I went to worlds 2019 and I ended up going five and two on day one a and making the cut. And then I lost in the, my first cut round to Jonathan Koch, who is the Dutch or was the Dutch national champion. And he ended up making top eight with the ever feared Boba Fenn yeah. list. Yeah, so. he's pretty good. Yeah, he's yeah, good. He's a very good player. Gross. Very nice guy. Um, 
so yeah, that's my, I guess that's sort of where my X-Wing accolades end. Because um, I honestly just haven't had that much time to play X-Wing. Because uh, I've only been playing for a couple years. And half of that time was spent in COVID. So um, as far as actual tournament, that's sort of where where I I finish. So what I'm hearing is that I'm the only league champion <laughs> on the podcast today. You are hearing that correctly. <laughs> That is true, yes. So we have a, our local league, and uh, the only thing that we hold over Andrew is he's, he won a hyperspace trial, he's won a hyperspace qualifier, he's won store championships, he almost made the cut at System Open, um, but he hasn't won a league championship. So that's the only thing. Clearly you're better than him. Then. Yeah, obviously. It, o- obviously that's it's clearly case. in our eight players at the store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny. Uh, it probably is not an interesting podcast, but maybe someday the difference between playing somebody, you know, and play all the time and playing somebody you don't know. No, that's it's very a huge part yeah. of the game. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. because I feel really good going against to a tournament that I've playing against players I've never played before. But when I play against Michael, he puts a rock right where I don't want it every single time in turn zero. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, Sam, the other thing that we are fans of are are bringing to light peeves, things that people do or say or how they play that that just bug the crap out of you. So if you can think of a couple of things that you've experienced in the last two years that just bugs the shit out of you. <laughs> I think that the biggest X-Wing pet peeve that I have is people that start counting points when there's like an hour left in the game. And that's like their only focus is how many points did I, did I get half points on that ship? If you have an hour left in the game, you should be spending your turns trying to put yourself in a better position, not counting up victory points. And I, I firmly believe that points should only come into play. And we've been spoiled a little bit with online play because you can do it, you know, everyone can kind of keep track on their own. But in a real tournament, like I get so mad when people, you know, there's 30 minutes left and people are like, oh, I got half points. How much is this half? And it's like, we get, we still have a half an hour left. Let's just place our dials so, you know, we have a chance to finish the game. Um, so I really think only the last couple turns should points be a factor in the way you play the game because it's a long game and you getting half points on a trade federation drone turn three is not going to affect the outcome of the game. You're going to want to focus on your positioning and how you do that rather than who you have half points on and who you don't. So that is, that's always been a point. Now I'm going to run the 60 minutes, 60 minutes. Yeah, and, and, and there are some people who do that, and it drives me nuts because it's like, okay, it doesn't matter at this point in the game. You're, you're, you're honestly, you're, it's, to me, it's a slow play, slow play tactic because they just want to sit there and count up all the points, and it's like, let's just place our dials and like play the game, you know? So clearly, I can, you can tell that I'm very passionate about this, but um, <laughs> it's always bothered me. So do you think that that's been accentuated by the fact that streaming matches has become 
more accessible to players and more matches have been streamed where points are updated real time that it's becoming to become an expectation for players to see the point standings throughout the game. Yeah, I I think so. And and like I said, we've been spoiled with online play because you can just update the scores and everyone knows the scores. But I mean, how many times have we seen a droid swarm versus like aces and the aces player goes up by like 50 or 60 points early on and then they ended up losing the game. And then one of them pops and the score goes foof. Right. Yeah, it just to, to me it's the the points are not an accurate representation of the state of the game. Um it's all about positioning and how you're approaching engagements and stuff like that. It's not about oh, I got half points on this so I'm ahead now. It's it, that's not to me that's not an accurate representation. Yeah, I think we've all been on both sides where I'm down on points early in the match or late in the match, and it goes the other way, right? Because there's still turns that happen, and there's still points to be scored. So most times the first set of points are irrelevant. So here's a hypothetical for you, Sam. Let's say (laughs) you're in the final round of a store championship, and you guys tally the scores, you play the round, the game ends, and then you retally, and you find that there's a mistake. The person that lost actually had won, and the person that lost, who thought they were winning, made decisions based off of the points that they thought they had. Who wins at this point? Well, the person who ended up with more points. I mean, you have to... I mean, that's a, it's obviously a judgment call, but I, the person who ended up with the most points accurately wins the game. Thank you. I appreciate uh, that. But I'll take my yeah. coin, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> we did that. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to make sure, and, you know, and like I said, in the online play is different because you have immediate access to all the points and you can confirm what the points are, but in person, and this is something that I, I do think should change in person is is people should be able to keep track of the points as the game goes along not because of what i said but just because of it's open information and if you're going to spend five minutes the last turn of the game tallying up the points why not just keep track of it as we go you know well and wasn't that gray area in the floor rules where they're like you can't take notes so you can't keep track of your point scores and you have to be able to do it all in your head and is that 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 is open information right to me, that's a bad rule. Uh, I it, there's no reason why people shouldn't be able to take notes. Um, if people want to take notes, you can take notes it, as long as it's open information. Like you said, like if the it's that's how it was for Magic: The Gathering. Is you could you could sit there and write a novel if you wanted to, but as long as your pad of paper was on the table, it didn't matter. Yeah, take notes so. of what's happening in the game. Not, I need to remember to set up this rock placement or, you know. How many times have we seen a stream where it says D cloak on somebody's hand or something like that? So as they're reaching for the dial, they don't, um, or, or foils or something like that, you know, so there's, there's workarounds, but anything else that, that just bugs the tar out of you? Um, the way people roll dice. I don't think so. I, I'm sorry. The the way people roll dice or when people rub their hands together when they're. 
you know what bothers me about online play is the dice statistics. That was the absolute worst thing that they could have implemented in TTS. And I love those mods. I love the people that make the, the mod. They are great. They're amazing. But man, I really wish that feature didn't exist because now it gave everyone this excuse of let me check the dice statistics and see what really happened. This I don't is even why check I lost anymore. because, yeah, exactly. That they're red I don't even bother to check them anymore because unless it's like ridiculous, you know, and like there was one game, I can't remember who was playing, but I was streaming somebody playing and like they would have a target lock every turn and they would, you know, roll like four blanks into three blanks and an eyeball. And so I just wanted to check to see how ridiculous it was. But in terms of like, you know, people like will rage quit a game and they'll check the dice statistics and then they'll leave. And it's like, that's not an accurate representation, again, of like how the game went. Sure, dice can swing things, and sometimes they are, you know, favored in one side. But I just don't think it's a good learning tool. Well, and we've we've already transitioned into the discussion of online play. Which which, how many hours of X Wing have you streamed now in the last two, three, four months? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, lots. I started out streaming in. I, I always forget exactly what the date was, but I think it was like the end of July. Um, I was doing some stuff for the orchestra, uh, the Indianapolis Symphony where I, where I play, and I did some stuff on Twitch for them, and I had a friend who knows someone who worked at Twitch, and they gave me like an affiliate right off the bat, which was really nice of them um, for my personal account. And so I started streaming X-Men, I was like, whatever. And uh, I was pretty sporadic for go. the first couple. <laughs> what's up? What's up? Yeah, got an affiliate. Here we go. I guess. Yeah, I'll exactly. So I was like, okay, well, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, well, whatever. We'll see how it goes. Um, and so for the first couple months, I was pretty sporadic, and you know, my buddies would watch, and and then I went on GSP to do like co-commentate. Uh, one of the, oh, gosh, what I think it was the Space Jam or the Gal, I think it was the Galaxies, something like that, and. Uh, I started getting a little bit more following, and then I couldn't that, figure out like why I, I wasn't growing. What would you say? Sorry. That's when I found you. Was I heard you on the Space Jam, and I'm like, oh, I'll check it out. Right. That's, that's, that's when, when I started following. Uh, Mike found me as as well, I believe. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I I couldn't figure out like why I wasn't growing, and then I, I I was reading more about Twitch, and people were like, the best thing you can do is set a consistent schedule yep. consistency so that's what i did around october is i was like okay if i'm going to stream x-wing i can't just log on whenever and like stream a game i mean i can but i'm not going to get consistent viewership and so i started streaming on wednesdays and fridays and sundays x-wing and it was like three games every night and uh and that's when people started to kind of find me and that's when i met greg from nickel city x-wing and he brought a lot of his viewers over to me because we stream on different nights and that, that friendship became really important in my growth. And uh, yeah, and then once like November, December rolled around, that's when I was, you know, my viewership started going up to around, you know, averaging around 20 per stream. And it's been growing ever since then. So it's been, it's been really fun. As far as how many hours I've streamed, uh, I mean, it's at least nine, 10 hours every week if not more. So it's, there's a lot of X-Wing being played for sure. One thing that's really fun on your stream is you have all these little 
cute animation things that you've created where uh, you have the sunglasses and the smoking, the cigarette, and yeah, somebody can yeah. punch you in the face and spin you around. And yeah, you have all these redeem points and there's a lot of cool things. Yeah, I, that's something. So when I started, you know, when I was like, okay, I can actually do this Twitch thing, and I and I was getting more rewarded with with, you know, better better viewership numbers and sub numbers and stuff like that. I was, I went into this, I don't want to say black hole, but I I dove pretty deep into this streaming rabbit hole where I was like, I just want to figure out everything I can do to make my stream unique. And there's this YouTuber, uh, his name is Nutty. And he has all these cool like channel point redeems and transitions and different things that he does with his stream. Because anybody can set up like a scene and put their webcam and whatnot and yada yada, it's, it's whatever. But I was like, I need to make mine different than the other X-Wing streams. And so I started doing these channel points and there's a program that you can do. And uh, I started learning about filters and uh, the, the broadcasting software that I use. And so I started making all these unique little channel point things. And it's just a fun kind of little way for the viewers to interact with the chat and with me. And some of them are kind of silly and they're all short little things, but it's just a fun way to to make this stream more unique and and just have it be a little different. So that's 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 one thing that I really pride myself on is like I feel like I'm pretty different from the rest of the X-Wing streamers cuz I mean, let's be honest guys, like 90% of the time I don't talk about the game. <laughs> I just yeah. kind of <laughs> it was like day trading you know, the last time I was watching. Yeah, we were talking yeah, about that. Yeah, day, day trading day. <laughs> was the topic the other day. Uh oftentimes I'll be on my soapbox about something, but that's what I like the most is like meeting the view or you know getting to know my viewers and uh that's that's the aspect of streaming that i love the most and you know the the channel points and the animations and the you know stuff like that that's all just kind of making it more unique and so i yeah i i really enjoy it i try to make it a little better each week just add something uh, this week i'm adding a bunch of bit point redemptions so it's if someone donates a certain amount of bits, it'll play up, you know, like a little clip of music. So, you know, I'm just trying to add little things here and there just to continue to increase the interaction and, and make people want to come back. Well, I, I definitely think that the production value of your stream rivals any other stream, whether it's GSP or uh, Fire Earth when he was actively streaming in, in Europe. Um, you've really raised the bar from the static camera and the tabletop TO overlay. And that was it. You know, that's what, what 90% of X-Wing streams had become um, just because it was so easy. Um, but high quality materials, um, the overlay switching is fun. Arnold is my favorite. I love that one. <laughs> yeah, you always do that I one. Always, <laughs> I got to do it. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I can't actually hear that filter. So for those who, who don't know, basically I... There, the camera essentially stretches out the bottom of my face, so I have this really big jawline. And there's a uh, voice filter that goes on that makes my voice like an octave lower. And so I can't actually hear the filter, so I don't know what it sounds like. So I always have to go back and watch and, and see how ridiculous it is. Yeah, it's the best. Like yeah, that. oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, But yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And actually, I think I am also one of the first people to do the face cam. Um as At an least on the regular, yeah, 
because uh, most people just, you know, the game's going on. And I think Scott started to do it a little bit uh, over at Hexile, yeah. but it wasn't consistent. And then, like, when I started streaming and I was constantly, I had the face cam, because I thought that was really important, because um, I know when I go to other streams, I don't want to just see the gameplay. I want to see the person behind the gameplay. And so I was like, okay, I, I want to make sure that, that I have a face cam when I'm playing these games so people can, like, see my reactions and interact with me. And so, uh, yeah, that was an important thing to me. Yeah, to, to a lot of your streams are, now, are a venue for your your viewers to interact with Sam, not necessarily just watch the X-Wing tournament that's going on or the, the match that happens to be Exactly. So you, and you some have people, the, uh, like, the don't LED like that. The cam girl you know? lights in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. And so people, like, don't like that. They're like, can you just go back to the game? And, and I'm like, okay, fine. You know, like, you could watch the game, but I, I feel like people come now to see me and see my wife and see my dog, you know, just, like, and interact with the stream. They don't come just because I'm streaming X-Wing, which was important to me. I really want a Corgi Pockets card. I'm getting one. Oh, yeah, I'll send you guys you one. I, apparently, there's a bunch of extras, so I'll send you guys some. Well, I earned one from my horrible finish at yeah. the Tri City Tournament. <laughs> when he played, I'll send you some I copies said, though. So yeah, I, I, I mean the 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 other cards are cool. The the Vader card is cool, and I do like the Kurt Russell heroic. Um, but yeah. I'm like, yeah, I want a Corgi Procket. Yeah, I, apparently Greg like got like a bunch of extras of them because the first order got messed up. So I'll just send you guys a stack of them, and you can give them to your uh, local local group. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I'll take five. <laughs> Here you go. For, Perfect. For, my five for all your A-Wings. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, as you've started streaming, how challenging was it or what was the decision process in picking the days that you're streaming so that you're not overlapping with competitive, you know, not competitive streamers. You're not competing with Greg or Scott or Dion, but knowing that if there's a certain market percentage that's viewing gold squadron on this particular day and time what is your chances of success if you're also streaming in that day and time how how did you decide how you're going to do your streaming schedule yeah so first and foremost i decided based on my own schedule and my wife's schedule so wednesday was an obvious choice and that's when i first started streaming uh and it was mainly just because that's when my uh, game night was at for my local play group and so i wanted a venue where my local guys could come and play games on stream and so i started doing wednesday nights and of course that does overlap with gsp but you know i'm i'm in no competition with him like it's you know and if people want you can just open two browsers and watch me and him at the same time so it's not you know, there's no rivalry or anything, but that was that was honestly what went behind that is that was already a night where I was typically out anyways. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just start streaming on that night because that's when people play X-Wing. So that's where Wednesday came into play. And then Sunday night is usually like my wife works all week. And so she kind of tries to go to bed early, winds down a little early. So I was like, well, that'd be a good night for me to just stream because, you know, I'm not going to be able to hang out with her anyways, so might as well just stream. So so to be honest with you, that was the main deciding factor. Um, I did consider some other nights, but, you know, like you said, like Greg streams X-Wing on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and so I didn't want to stream at the same time as him. And, uh, you know, Friday nights I did for a little while, but it just kind of got to be a little bit too much, and 
you know, we have Friday nights together, my wife and I, and that's very rare when I'm in the orchestra season. So we decided that that was going to be too much for streaming X-Wing, but we started doing these little social streams together on Friday night, and that's been really fun as well. So yeah, to be honest, it was mainly just my, my, you know, my own schedule, and it happened to coincide with nights that really nobody else streams, aside from Wednesday. But like Sunday night's always my biggest night, and because I'm the only one who streams on Sunday night, as far as I know. One of the things that, that we've struggled with is making the transition from tabletop play, because here in Utah, our regulations have been pretty lax. So there was about a six to eight week period where we didn't have in-store play, but the rest of the time we've been meeting regularly. We've played every week most of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so how challenging is it for someone transition from tabletop play to online play and what skills is it a different skill set is it the same skill set how do you feel about that i feel like it's the same skill set the 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 most difficult thing is judging range on tabletop versus oh yeah that's what online. i hate that's that's always <laughs> the most challenging for me and it's it it goes both ways but to be honest with you i've been playing on tabletop simulator almost the entire time I've played X-Wing. Um, so I played on Tabletop Simulator before the pandemic, before it was like the only option available. Like that's how I tested for Gen Con. That's how I tested for Worlds is I played games on Tabletop Simulator and it used to be totally different. Like you used to have like a hidden zone with all your dials and it was a totally different experience mm-hmm. than it is now. But uh, yeah, so I've always been able to translate back and forth between the table and online, though I haven't played on the table in a year, so I don't know how that's going to go when I go back. But, you know, it's just a small adjustment. But I think most things, you know, the positioning's all the same. Um, yeah, it's... It, I actually think it's probably going to be harder to go back to in-person just because you don't you have to deal with the bumps and everything. Yeah. Um, that's that's going to be the worst part, dealing with the bumps and then just the setup takes longer in person. Checking range is... Um, and arc is so easy, right? <laughs> yeah. Checking range and arc is easy. Um, but no, it's good. I mean, I think it's a great tool. And for those who don't play online, I recommend just checking it out. It's uh, The mod is amazing now. Like the, like I said, the developers are incredible. And, you know, it's it was the way that I could play X-Wing without having to physically go somewhere and play a game against somebody. And it allowed me to test a bunch of lists that maybe I wouldn't play otherwise. And so I could play a game or two with a list in, you know, a couple hours and figure out if that's something that I want to play for a tournament or continue to, you know, tweak. I could get a lot of games in basically without having to get all my cards together and all my pieces together and go go to the store and find an opponent who's going to play something that I want to play. So it was really nice. Um, it's a really great tool, and I think it'll continue to be even after this whole pandemic is over. So do you think that online play has um, influenced the meta by allowing players to play all the Nantex or the six Barons with Prockets and you know those lists that it's just you've, you don't really see on the tabletop? Like what was the most that we'd see before, the four Phantoms? Yeah, but yeah. some of the lists that we that we see that are dominant lists aren't really feasible in 
in-store play when you have to make the monetary investment. So it's like, oh, you want to fly six Inquisitors? Well, then, oh, and you want to use Thread Tracers? So there's a $200 list that you have to purchase. Yeah, because who, yeah, who owns that, right? Everybody owns one because yeah. you fly the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, I I don't actually think that it's had as big of an impact as maybe people have thought it was because, uh, I, well, I should preface this because I think it has it has had an impact because there have been more online events than there ha- than there would be in person, right? Because there's all these online leagues and all this stuff and all these big GSP events that are happening every weekend where, you know, if we're lucky, we'll get a system open every other weekend. And so in that respect, I think it has, the meta evolves faster. I think that's the effect that it's had. In terms of lists not being feasible, I mean, the way I feel about it is if there's a list that I want to play, I'm going to play the list. And I'm not going to take into consideration any sort of monetary or what, I mean, I'll go, I have a bunch of friends, I'll go and borrow ships. Well, you know? I, I do believe that if a player wants to play that at the highest level, they're going to borrow three phantoms if they need exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So there's nothing, in my opinion, that, that would stop anybody from not playing six Nantex if they felt like that was the best chance for them to win in like a system open. But I do think in terms of the meta evolving fast, I think it evolves incredibly fast in online play because, frankly, there's just more games being played. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. And so that's that to me is the effect of it, um, which will be interesting when we go back to in person because I feel like my biggest strength in X Wing is li- is the list building aspect of it. I feel like I'm a pretty strong list builder, and I I I thrive in tournaments where there's not an established meta because I can I'm good at predicting what's going to be there and what I need to do to to bring a list that's going to give me a strategical advantage. So the fact that the meta was slow evolving, I felt like really helped me in that aspect of tournament play. Whereas now people are just going to grind, you know, 20, 30 games a week in preparation for a big tournament and they're going to have that advantage. So I've got to kind of figure out how I'm going to adjust for that. Yeah. And the meta as it's evolving, it's, it had been evolving in your play group. So whatever the indie play group meta was, when you guys went to an event that was introducing your meta to whatever the other players' metas were. With online play, you know, whether it's Nobby who's streaming, you see what's going on, you know, in, in a completely different hemisphere. Um, and you know, in Poland and in the United States and all those matches are happening real time. And all those lists and all the results are available immediately. So there's far less guesswork when it comes to what is the meta and how you can use that compared to this is the list that I've been playing for four weeks with the 10 guys that I normally play with. And let's hope that it's going to be the best thing when I go to the system open. Yeah, and that's a really good point too. And I think it honestly, it helps everybody because... You know, like when I was preparing for Worlds, for example, you know, I had, I think how many, we had like five or six people from my group going, you know, they were all set in what list they were going to play. And I had played these guys for, you know, a year. And so I knew what they were going to play and it didn't really help me. You know what I mean? Like they didn't want a gauntlet with me. So they didn't want to play Regen Jedi. They didn't want to play 
Um, what else was meta hmm. in that tournament? Yeah, that's what there really wasn't anything that was meta, <laughs> but they didn't want to play, you know, things that that I would want to test against. They just wanted to play their list, and that's not a detriment to them. They just want to get practice, but there's diminishing returns when I play against, you know, Adam Kempers every time and he's playing his bombardment drone proximity mine, you know, list because I know exactly what he's doing. He knows what I'm doing. <laughs> and so there's only so much value you can get out of playing a game like that. Whereas online, you know, for example, I, I, I don't know if you guys know a treatise. Uh, he's a frequent on Hexiled and some other streams. But him and I, when we were testing for Worlds, he'd be like, hey, I'm going to play this list. Can you play me against me with this? And I'd be like, sure. And so that was really helpful for me because you could actually gauntlet against somebody and like play different lists against each other. And I think the online play is really going to help with that where you're not, you know, there's there's people in my group that like only play, they only play A-Wings or they only play Resistance or they only play Separatists. And so you can get stuff out of it, but, you know, after the 20th time playing somebody with the same list, you're not going to, it's not going to help you get better, you know? Yeah. Well, I think we're fortunate in our play group where last night or last Thursday, uh, we had how many people were there? 16 people playing. Yeah, I think so. Um, and there's a wide variety of faction representation. So as you know, Andrew and our, our other podcaster, Nate went to worlds, um, as they were in preparation for that, it was, what do you want me to fly? Because I knew that I wasn't going to go because I had no pay time off. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what do you want mm-hmm. me to fly that's going to give you the practice that you need for what you're probably going to see um, when you get to Worlds? So I think there's a lot of community involvement that's important, especially for guys that are preparing for those premier level events. Yeah, online play just compounds that where I could do that with my 12 friends that I play with every week and they'll bring something different or something that I want. But online play is, yeah, you could play with how many more people and how many other lists. Yeah, and it, it's it's difficult too because, you know, when I played Magic, you could play a game of Magic in five or ten minutes, you know. Whereas X-Wing, it takes you know, from tear down, it's set up to tear down, it probably takes, you know, at least an hour and a half if you're lucky. And so you can't just kind of run through these meta gauntlets quickly. I mean, you could do like first engagement, whatever, if you want, but not a lot of people are going to be game for that. At least in my experience, people kind of want to play what they want to play and you know, if if you do have a friend who wants to test like that, that's that's awesome. But I feel like online play is great for that because you can always find people who are game for that kind of play and that kind of testing. So that's just uh, that's just my take on it. So it's just it's a hard game to it's it's just a it's a weird competitive game. You know what I mean? Like there's aspects of it that shouldn't be in a competitive game, which in my opinion is why like no money is ever involved with the next wing tournament because you know you can bump a ship or do weird things with arc checks or movements and wiggle room that you can't make the game competitive in that respect. And so there's, it's not really meant to be a competitive game, but we play it in a competitive way. So it's, it has its limitations for sure. Oh, money is involved. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) the currency of pride is involved. (laughs) Yes, that's true. As you were talking about the, total time to play we got to throw a jab out so i immediately thought it and and 
Andrew whispered it. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna throw some shade at our buddy Daniel because he is so meticulous on his setup and the care of his ships and the care of his cards. His like his entire fleet is all custom painted by Enigma Wargaming. So they're all beautiful and he's you know, he's takes very good care of his stuff. But it also means that if you're playing a game with Daniel that there's like twenty minutes of just getting things assembled and put on the table. Right. Whereas, yeah, I don't know how he would do at a big tournament. Because oh yeah, you there isn't don't time. have that time. To yeah, you just got to move. You just <laughs> throw everything on the top of your tray and hustle it over. Um, I think the yeah, benefit... Yeah, and I said, you know, I said an hour and a half, but that's assuming you have your squad assembled already. Yeah. And you're just going and sitting down at the table. Yeah. If you're talking about assembling a squad, that takes me, God, a, a half an hour probably yeah. to like get everything together. Mm-hmm. Well, and the benefit of tabletop is you could have multiple lists just saved and then spawn, spawn, Click. spawn. Yeah, Boom. exactly. What am I playing now? Oh, I'm going to play Inquisitors. What am I going to play now? I'm going to play Vader Soon Tier. And, and-, and that's the other advantage, too, is that you don't, you know, you were talking about people don't have access to all this stuff as it's expensive. On tabletop, you have access to whatever you want. And so you can test whatever you want. You don't have to own two IGs, and you can test two IGs. And I still so don't fly really resistance. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quick question. Favorite faction for you? Uh, I always go back and forth, but usually Scum and Villainy is my, is my, I have most, the most fun with them. Um, but I do, I do fly some other factions. So you, my, yeah, my three you fly main a are, lot. go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. You fly a lot. I was just saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I fly. So my three main are Scum and Villainy, Republic and Resistance. But I do also dabble in Empire and recently Separatists. So, so how um, upset I, are you that Boba Fett doesn't have a crew slot? Um, I mean, I'm not terribly upset about it. I mean, I I abused it for a while, so you know, I got my comeuppance with it for sure. So just fly um, better, is what you're saying? Um. Yeah, it's 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 probably what it should be though. In my opinion, it shouldn't be the crew slot should be taken away. I think that they should have just banned Maul on him, because that was the only thing that was abusive. All the rest of the crew weren't weren't abusive on him, in my opinion. Well, and I've seen recent uh, posts where people are pushing for Boba to be charged based. Um, would that have been a better uh, design for Boba Fett, where it's not just all the time, every time? But a single charge, maybe heroic should have been charge based. No. Yeah. Um. I Infinity I don't based. think that they should arouta the cards. I'm 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 a big fan of I, that not happening. I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah, and and so, you know. I don't think, and this could be a controversial opinion, but I I don't think there's a problem with the design of Boba Fett. I think that, you know. He was really good for a while because Slave One was one point and you could put Maul on him. And that's not the case anymore. And the way that they built the game is that if something was overpowered, you could just change the points. And that's what they can do still. And they can also mod the slots, which is what they did, you know, for example, with Han- Handbrake Han and with this removal of the crew slot. I never abused that, right? No. No. Yeah. yeah, I was so, playing that. Yeah, so I just don't think, in my opinion, that 
the 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 ship was poorly designed. I think that because if you remember, you know, Bobo was really good at the start of second edition, right? Like people played him all the time, and then he disappeared for like a year. Nobody saw him again, and then all of a sudden, you know, people are like, oh, you can play a two ship list, and Bobo's, you know, slave one's one point. So it's you know, people act like people are quick to overreact. I think in the community and. Um, I think people have overreacted to, and now people are talking about how the fire sprays are just broken in general, and I just, I just disagree with that. Hmm. Okay. Well, um, let's see. We're almost forty-five, fifty minutes in. Uh, so, if you were going to make some recommendations to somebody getting into streaming, what would be some things that you would suggest? Um. I think the the biggest recommendation is just set a consistent schedule because that's what I that's what I had a problem with when I started was I would just sporadically log on and be like, well, how come nobody's watching me? And, and you know, that's why it's because I wasn't consistent with it. Um, don't do what I did, which is buy all the best equipment right away. <laughs> I'm a bit of a a gear guy, as as Mike, as you know, I I have all the fancy podcasting equipment and stuff. But uh, it's not really necessary to to get started streaming. A good recommendation I heard from uh, Nutty, who is the, the guy that I, the YouTuber that I watch, um, is buy the cheapest thing, and then if that thing breaks, you know that you used it enough that you can buy the expensive thing. And I thought that was very mm-hmm. good advice. Um, but yeah, I think mo- the biggest thing is just set a consistent schedule and find something unique. You know, find find a little niche about yourself that, or about your stream that you can you can say I do this and nobody else does that. And I think that that's you know like for example Nickel City X Wing, he's one of the funniest guys, you know, and he's got a really unique um, layout to his stream and just like. he's very different than than the other x-wing streamers as well and so just find some way to set yourself apart but just do it via your personality and not via anything forced it's like i'm not you guys haven't met me in real life but i am exactly like i am on stream like that's just how i am and so just just be yourself um but but accentuate the things that are unique about yourself and what can we do to be better online viewers. What are some things that you see a community doing where you're like, don't do that? Or things that yeah. you see somebody doing that you're like, I wish everybody would do that. The biggest thing that you can do is interact in the chat. That is the absolute best thing. Uh, just say hi. Um, say hi, comment on the game, make a joke. You know, Don't be a jerk. And that's a big thing. Just don't be a jerk. Um, yeah, the the best thing you can do is just interact in chat rooms, like, because then people know that you're there. And uh, the streamer, you know, as a streamer, you I can sit there for two minutes, and if nobody says anything in the chat, I'm like, is am I live still? Like, is is anyone here? So the best thing you can do is just interact in the chat. I think as a viewer. And the worst thing. The worst thing is. Uh, just being a jerk, like just don't say any, don't say anything that you wouldn't say to your mom. <laughs> you, you don't know my mom. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, 
you get the idea though. Um, yeah, just, just, you know, and especially to like one of my pet peeves for other streamers Ooh, bonus is don't go Ooh. into other streams and promote yourself. Mm. It's not a good idea. Um, and if you do do that, make sure you're asked for permission. If you want to promote yourself, what you can do is be active. So that's what I do in GSP streams and Nickel City and Hexile. Does that go in there? I joke it up with Dion and Scott. I, I interact with the other chat viewers because then people are like, oh, this guy's cool. I want to check out his stream, you know. But don't go in there and be like, hey, I have league nights on Wednesdays. Come watch my stream. Like, not cool. Not cool at all. Yeah, don't poach uh, other people's viewers. Earn them yourself. Yeah. Yep. And and oftentimes too, if you're if you're cool and you interact in other people's chats, the streamer will shout you out, or they say, "Hey, you, you guys should check out." You know, that's happened multiple times. I've gone into GSP and I've just been active, and, and he's like, "Hey, you guys should all go follow the Candid Clarinetist. He streams on Sunday night." And like, it wasn't prompted at all from me, but he'll just offer it. And so that's what I do too when people come in and they're cool and they hang out is I'll shout them out and be like, you guys should check them out because they're cool. Yeah. Uh, if any of our listeners want to play on your stream, where should they go? Yeah, so the easiest thing to do, honestly, I am, as you guys know, I'm pretty disorganized for organizing games. I have to be organized for the rest of my life, so streaming is not one that I choose to be organized for. <laughs> um <laughs> So the best thing to do, usually I have like one game planned or maybe two. So just come check out the stream. Just be like, hey, I want to play on stream. And oftentimes I'll be like, sure, thank you for volunteering because I didn't have anyone uh, signed up. But the best thing to do probably is just join the Discord or just message me on Discord. Say, hey, I got a league game on Sunday. Can I play it on your stream? Um, I'm always looking for people. So that's that's the uh, that's probably the best thing to do. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I've been on a few times. I think I have a positive win rate. I've, I've lost... Uh, you usually win. You usually do. Win. I did beat Typically Andrew win. on <laughs> your stream. Yes, oh, you did. That was delicious. Yeah. <laughs> that was on accident. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't play on tabletop, and I I won a couple on there, and but I lost against Michael, and it was a fun yeah. match. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. It, it takes a little <laughs> getting used to, for sure. Um, and the one thing I, I, I will say too, another unique thing is I do the predictions. So people like betting, right? Uh, they like betting on the outcome. And so I recently changed. So I do my predictions via my channel points. So if you win channel points, like based on who wins the game, you can use those to like redeem my animations and effects and stuff. So I think that's, that's kind of a cool aspect of it too. Yeah, and it's been a lot of fun. People get angry when you don't pay out your bets. <laughs> oh, my gosh. People get angry when I don't pay out my bets and uh, when I don't update the overlay, Yeah, that, which I am notoriously terrible at. Yeah, that's, Well, when you get on your soapboxes. He's got many uh, a posts <laughs> from me where it's like, update the overlay. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you get me. Mr. Rocker Crocker gets me a lot. Catherine gets me. So there's a number of people that stay on me about it. But I'm just so I'm I just get so tunnel visioned into what we're talking about that I just completely forget about the game that's happening. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time for sure. So I I really enjoy participating in your streams. Um, really fostered a good community. Uh, Discord is fun. Um, I've I've taken some of the things that uh, that you've done in your Discord, like the food channel. So we have our food channel on our Discord. Really, I'm yeah. it's me and Justin are the only people that really take advantage <laughs> of it. But I don't care. 
Um, There's some people on my food channel that just like every day they're posting some gourmet thing that they made, and I'm like, well, I ate uh, Arby's last night. Does that count? (laughs) (laughs) Chick-fil-A grilled chicken sandwich. It's delicious. That's Uh, right. Yep. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of fun, and you know the Discord isn't super active, but we're all in a million Discords anyway, so it's fine. It's mainly just so people know when I'm going live, and so people can sign up for games. Like that's really all I want to do with that with the Discord. Yeah, I'm in a dozen Discord channels for just X-wing. Yeah, it's a little excessive. Yeah, I remember when we were planning Tri City with myself and Nickel City and Three One Two Squadron. We uh, we were like, should we make another Discord? And all of us were like, Ugh. literally, this is the last thing we want to do, but I think we have to do it just <laughs> yeah. to organize yeah, it. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's far easier when you can have everybody have a single location to find all the information and to communicate and organize um, in, realistic, in, in, in real life. Out of those 13 Discords, I think I regularly check four, and everybody else is muted. So... Right, exactly. Yeah, you learn pretty quickly how to Discord, which is mute everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, your phone blows up. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, should we move on? Yeah, let's talk about some stuff. So, yeah, stop talking about me. Not <laughs> yeah. Important. Uh, so we've covered um, the Rebel of the Phoenix Cell Pack. We've dabbled in the Sky Strike Pack. Uh, we haven't gotten to the scum pack, but since you're here and your favorite faction is scum, let's dive right into that. Sure. I uh, I gotta admit I haven't really looked all that much at what's available, so this will be. I'll, I'll, you'll get true first impressions. Ooh, from it. Okay. We like first impressions. Um, let's see. Unfiltered. <laughs> so uh, just off the bat, how do you feel that the pack is? Two Y wings and a hawk. Um, I wish it wasn't two Y wings. Oh my goodness! Right? That's that's how I feel. I love the hawk. I mean, I just the hawk is one of my favorite chips in the game. I just it has one of the best action bars, and the moldy crow title just gives it so much uniqueness uh, in terms of keeping those focus tokens and adding the three dice front attack. So I, I I'm all for the hawk, but. Especially in the scum faction as well. Like, Paylob and Torkoal are just ships that wreck the game. Terrific. Yeah, they're so good. Dace (laughs) Bonearm. And Dace. Dace. Um, But yeah, I just, I love love the Hawk. But the Y-Wings, like, let's be honest. Whoever, unless you're spamming them, nobody ever flies more than one Y-Wing, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think you either fly six of them or there's one of them that you're using their ability. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. And so I wish it was uh, three different ships, but I understand why they did it this way. So I will say that I do like that you can buy these packs and really focus on a singular faction because they've made it available now that you really don't need the starter set. And so if you just buy one of these packs and then you buy like you know, a fire spray and a fang or whatever. I mean, you got a you got a lot of squad options there. Yep. And a damage deck, you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. Some the dice are people just give you dice. I mean you don't need dice. Oh, I made a prediction the other day. I think and AMG, I know you're listening, you're one of our Patreons. Um <laughs> <laughs> that 
there's going to be a scum faction squad pack that'll be two Fang fighters and Fen Rao's big Fang. Oh, so you get three Fangs? Yeah, it'll be the Skull Squadron pack. You could be right. I, you I, know, I, another thing I'll say about these squad packs is from a business perspective, it's very smart from them because they lost a lot of money on these reprints because if people had the conversion kit, there was no reason to buy a reprint. But with these, you get a new paint job, you get some new content. Yeah. Business perspective, very good for them. Yeah. Right, when they put out the X-Wing pack, who bought that? Nobody needs an X-Wing. Yeah. Everybody has. In the T-70s, nobody. Yeah. I, you, you can't give a T-70 away to somebody. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, uh, but I mean, I didn't play in first edition, and all I did was I bought a resistance conversion kit and then just bought a bunch of old models. It's way more cost-effective. And then just win a tournament or two, and then you get your templates, you and get you your dice, to... you get, you know. Exactly. There you go. Just win. win one hyperspace trial, and you have everything you need. Pretty much. Or come to our play group and I'll give you one of my sets. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> you, we'll give them all away. Let's talk about Cutthroat, which is a scum talent. After another friendly ship at range 0 to 3 is destroyed, if that ship is limited or has the Cutthroat upgrade, you may remove one of your orange or red tokens or recover one non-recurring charge on your ship's card or one of your equipped upgrade cards. So you're flying some kind of high number squad one of them dies and now you can reload without reloading you can remove a stress or a tractor or a jam you can uh what was the one that people were really talking about um get your false transponder codes back yeah i think that one's good uh what's the one people want to break the game with tell yeah yeah so he just never dies thought sam yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm not sure what the investment's going to be. Like if it's like 1 point, then obviously it's worth looking at, but your 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 friendly ship has to be destroyed. And, and that friendly ship has or, to have the cutthroat upgrade basically. Yeah. So if you're flying a large swarm, how many of them even have an EPT to start with? That's the thing. Um I mean, obviously the effect is tremendous like getting back a an illicit or something like that is can be really good um but i'm not the way that it's worded i'm not 100 percent sure that it's gonna be um it, like if it's one point and you can throw it on like your you know three named scum pilot salad that's one thing but I don't. I'm not sure how much utility it's gonna have in the game. Do you take Cutthroat over Fearless? No. Fearless yeah. is They're good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Not not even close. I I think if it's one point, it's got to be one point, um, because it, it it might trigger and and I I'm not a big fan. This is just a design space for me that I'm not a big fan of, where you don't really have an effect on when the effect occurs or when you need the effect to occur. Um, it, it can be very situational and you don't get to choose the situation. And so that's that's the one thing I don't like about it. That being said, it can be really powerful. I'm not a fan right of the design space where you get some, you have an ability that's dependent on one of your ships being destroyed. Right. 
Oh yeah, I hate that. So when I'm losing now, I well, I guess some people want that. One of my ships, yeah, dead, but then they and it's a way that you can. They've made it. Be, it's not going to be a Z95. You know, it's yeah. So it's an EPT. So you can't spam it on the Seeks and Z95s. It's an EPT, but it's it says if that ship is limited or has the cutthroat upgrade. But doesn't it have to be limited in order to take the upgrade? Mm, though there are some that the, uh, so some of the higher initiative stuff have EPTs and Star Vipers will have EPTs. Kiraxes yeah. could have. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. But uh, but still, yeah, you got to make that point investment just to have the ship that will carry it, or has an ability to be limited, so is going to be costing more than a generic to begin with. So, yeah, there's there's got to be something that this is broken on. I just haven't spent the time to come up with that yet. So maybe that'll be my task once the points are out. <laughs> it's how to break it. Yeah. There, there's a yeah. group of people that that's always what they're out to do. Is how do I well, break it, this it screams. Card? I mean, it screams <laughs> abuse, right? There's yeah. there's something in here, like the non-recurring charge. There's something you can do here that's going to be really good. It's just trying to figure out what that is is going to be yeah. the challenge. Well, if somehow I could get Tell back on the table four times during the match, that's cheating. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And somebody's <laughs> going to figure it out, right? Yeah. There's Well, and then there'll be some erratas. Um, yeah. But what, they're, what they want it to be is, you. yeah, you could... Uh, Getting a transponder back is cool, or a rigged cargo, or something like that. Um, an advanced proton torp, or something for somebody. I don't know. Maybe it was an afterthought. They were, and they were just assuming, oh, just remove a, an orange or a red token. Now you're not stressed, and now you're not strained. But then let's throw a charge, a recurring charge, and make it a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Oh. Isn't there that the recurring one? charge is the most interesting aspect of it for sure? Yeah, because the orange or red is completely situational. Yeah, who's going to remove a stress? Somebody wants because that's all they can do. But you're going to be trying right. to do it to get get back some charge of some form. Isn't there that that one thing where he can spend his charge from his munition to lower your agility or something like that? Nobody plays him. Yeah, I have yeah. no idea what you're talking I was about. Say, so. I've I've never heard of that. Yeah, in my life, yeah there's so. a there's a fang fighter who. He spends his charge. Curtis, you're listening. Shout it out. Yeah, Curtis is yelling at us right now because he knows. I'm going to look it up. Okay, while you're looking that up, we'll move on to the tier fun belly run. You can perform special attacks even while at range zero of asteroids. While you defend, if you're at range zero of an obstacle, attack dice cannot be re-rolled. It's an EPT that's limited to Y-wings but not faction-specific. So you can use this on any Y. You don't ignore the obstacle, so you still have to roll for damage. You still skip your perform action step. Yeah, this seems unplayable to me. Yeah, if it's free, you could throw it on a Y-Wing because or something, but I... What Y-Wing's going to have? I don't know. A lock that they can already land on an asteroid to potentially use this ability to begin with. Yeah, it's it's not not something you build around, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know what they were going for. Yeah, I'm not excited about that one. That won't be on any of my Rebel Y-Wings. Uh, did you find that uh, thing? Yeah, so here it is. It's Joy. Yeah, I told you nobody plays. While you perform an attack, you may spend one charge from one of your equipped torpedo upgrades. If you do, the defender rolls one fewer defense dice. How many charges? You're spending the charge from off, the off the munition. Yeah. So you could do it as many times. So if you're getting back the charges, you're reducing the agility. So you need a friendly ship that's limited or has an EPT to die 
for you to become wedged for one turn over being able to just fire the munition. Yeah, I never got it. That's why people don't play it. Why am I going to bring a torpedo, a proton, oh, but or Sienna, But a Sienna has the worst ability. ability. The but that, that ability, that's better than Sienna. No, this is on my worst ability podcast. Okay. We'll get there. <laughs> joy, joy is up there. Interesting thing, I think, is Gamut Key. I think this guy's going to see a lot of play. Oh, yeah. At the start of the end phase, you may spend two charges. They're recurring. This is the crew card, by the way. You may spend two charges to force or to choose a ship at range zero to one with one or more circular tokens. During the end phase, circular tokens are not removed from that ship. Scum only. Yeah, that seems real good. What shape are tractors? Tractors are circular. Mm. Jams as well. Yeah, but those get removed as soon as you. So if you're able to jam them and they just go, I'll just. Keep yeah, but how many times have you jammed a ship at the end when it doesn't matter and it zero. just goes away? You've done it zero times. Yeah, I was asking well, Sam. <laughs> I mean, the one the one thing to note about this too is it it's any ship at range zero to one. Yeah, so, so you can use it on yourself. Yeah, you can keep your focus or evade. Yeah, I feel like this will be good on something like, you know, Bosk or some some large base heavy hitter uh, ship where you can really kind of get in there. This screams Fenrau to me. Because how many times does he want to be able to keep his his focus? Well, he is. How his, many people can keep up to Fen Rao to be at zero to one with him, though? Not anybody in. With a crew slot? Yeah. <laughs> well, in a Hawk. Yeah, so that's going to make it even more challenging. So Bosk would make sense because he's a large base and those guys can move. And you can, like, keep your reinforce. Mm, and then reinforce again. Double reinforce. Yeah. There's there's a lot of this is again a, a, a something that's screaming for a some something to be broken, and so I, I'll I'll have to take a look at this. I don't like that it's that you can't do it every turn. So it's yeah. two charges. Yeah, you every have to spend turn. them both, so you get every other turn. Or, well, I guess I was gonna say you could cutthroat it, but that's not recurring charges. Yep. Um. Yeah, it seems good. It seems really good to me. Uh, obviously totally cost dependent, but if it's, I don't really see it being like more than five points. Yeah. So, I, I think high would be yeah. five. It would be high. I'd probably. Yeah. Three or I was, four. I was thinking like three or four. Yeah. Um, he's also a Hawk pilot. He's I three. He's a collaborationist governor at the start of the end phase. You may spend two charges to choose yourself or a ship in your mobile arc with one or more circular tokens. During the end phase, circular tokens are not removed from that ship. So now you have a range three arc that you can use this ability on. Now, yeah, is, keeping up with Fen is pretty good. Yeah, it's it's a shame that it's only mobile arc and it's not firing arc. Well, because then but, you could put the crow on him and do it in exactly. a 180. Yeah. But it's still really good. But but uh, is that cool it, that now you could take a hawk without the moldy crow, which is eighteen points? So now you have yep. those eighteen points for something else. I still would take it with the moldy crow because then you could. It, the moldy crow. I mean, the the front arc is great, but being able to stack those those focuses is super good. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you're right. I mean, you could definitely fly this without the moldy crow. 100, percent you could do that. 
and I mean that yeah that that mobile arc to the side too you could just kind of flank this is this is gonna see play yeah I totally see him with yeah bobas and gurries and um fen rows and just making them keep keep tokens yeah gurry running around with a focus all the time she gets that focus and then just banks it she could totally use that right yeah, and then is, get another one at the beginning of engagement. Ooh. Love it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So by far the best card so far that we've talked about in the scum pack is Gamma Key in the Hawk. Uh, ooh, Padrick. An I3 Y Wing. <laughs> he is the napkin bomber. That's his flavor text. After a friendly device that you have locked detonates each enemy ship at range zero to one of that device gains one strain token. So Somebody has to drop a bomb, and then you have to spend an action to lock onto that bomb. Then you have to wait for that bomb to explode. Then, if someone's at zero to one, they get a strain. You're investing a lot yeah. to give somebody a strain token. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think we all have the same view on this. It's just it's just way too situational, and you have to spend so you have to try to make this work. He has yeah. to be so cheap. And we we also one thing to notice about Y wings is rarely if ever is it just a y-wing with nothing on it oftentimes it'll have a turret or it'll have some upgrade on it bombs yeah or a proton torpedo or something because you're just not going to take it so i think it seems like a lot of work for really not much reward here is there something like you put r3 on him and somebody drops a proximity mine that you could just lock and keep it there and your other lock could be somewhere else for your ion cannon turret i don't know i'm stretching (laughs) yeah i just wonder if it's worth it for a strain token wouldn't you rather just have both locks on the enemies that you could use for your order it seems good like that's what locks are for is so you can modify your dice while you're attacking so why you would want to lock an object that may never go off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move on. Arliz Hadrassian. He's an I-4 unique Y-Wing pilot. Crimson Blade. That sounds dope. Uh, while you perform a front arc attack, if you are damaged, I don't like that, you may change one of your focus results to a hit to a critical result. That seems okay. While you defend, if you are damaged, that's not good, you must change one of your focus results to a blank result. But we all know that the word must doesn't mean anything in X-Wing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, D and the Cabal of European judges have released an upgraded or updated unofficial ruling document, in which case they've ruled that you can modify your focus result on Arliss before you're required to change it. So if you roll a focus for defense, you can you can spend you your can modify it focus. That seems completely wrong. I I don't think that that's what they're intending, right? They want you to be able no, to. No, they're absolutely yeah. not intending that. But we all know that that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, must, rules as intended. Yeah, and rules if you're as, dropping concussion bombs, you must drop it. But you that's situational because if you do something else, then you no longer can. It depends on what your definition of is, is. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Is it, so it's not primary, it's front attack, so you could use it on a... Torpedo? Torp or something. 
Yeah. Do you try to do like the Wolfaro thing where you just drop a concussion on him and give him a card right away so he could dish out crits? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't yeah, know. It's, that, again, that's it a, seems like a lot of work. It's a it's for... a very scummy thing, right? I'm going to damage myself, and then now I get some crits, but I'm also going to die really fast because. <laughs> yeah, you have a seven health Y wing now. Yeah. Yeah. It, to to me, it's just it's not it's it takes a lot of setup. You know, again, it it's not just a a thing something that affects the game right away. It just takes a lot of work to make it work. Yeah, and, and I. I think it's what we've been alluding to, like when you're starting to pump points into these Y-Wings to do these cute, cheeky things that may or may not even happen. Yeah, you're just making now like a 50, 60 point Y-Wing that's going to burn down and that's your list is gone. Yep. Which, and you didn't even do that thing, maybe. In the AMG stream, they did release the I-5 Hawk and it's Taps, Tapusk, Tapusk, Tapusk. I'm not going to try to say it. I don't know. He <laughs> is uh, an Order 66 informant during the end phase. Before an enemy ship in your mobile arc recovers one recurring charge or force, you may spend two charges. If you do, that ship does not recover that charge or force. Yeah, this oh. one is gross. Oh, that's yeah, just a middle finger good. to the Republic. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's really good. Um, Especially again, with wish... all the Jedi Knights running around now, and you could just take away that one force that they do have. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. Double reposition? No, you don't. Yeah, I mean, I, the one thing is they they very clearly intentionally changed the firing arc to mobile arc on these Hawks. Yeah. Um, that would that would make them way better. But this is still very good. I mean, really good. I do like it. So this is another one that if you didn't want to take the moldy crow, you don't have to. to no, still for be able sure to he has moldy crow. Well, for sure he does because he's an I-5. Yeah, like you you're, want all the You're mods. investing him in yeah. him. But his ability is not dependent on that. Versus Paylob and Torkoal, they just get the arc ability. These guys only can do it in their turret arc. Yeah. Well, and I like that it's force or just a charge. So, oh, no, you're not recurring Leia this time. Oh, you have two Leia's and you want a 4K? Nope. Yeah, there's some cheeky things you could do with it. Yeah, so it's versatile, so you can use it whether you're flying against Jedi or Vader or whoever. So if you have Moldy Crow, do you keep your turret in the front, though? Where, you're flying at people. Wherever you need it. Yeah. I mean, I think the Hawks are best when they do, like, the big loop around the board. You know what I mean? Yeah, they just kind of circle and stuff. Yeah, but if you're... I don't know. I don't fly scum. <laughs> so if you're not using the front firing arc, is 18 points worth two focus tokens? Well, I think situationally you still would use the front firing arc. Especially yeah. because it's an I-5. So if you need the ability, you can just rotate it you know, to be in the front with the front arc. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, like and it's, it's, a, it's a flank or a joust deterrent. So yeah. you, we're going to move in. I'm going to have two focuses, and I'm going to target lock you if you just want to joust. Or if you're going to try to flank, um, and I'm just circling the board, now you're going to have to go into my front three-die firing arc. Yeah, well, if you have uh, if you have stacked focus tokens in your I-5 and your moldy crow, the the boost on the hawk too is really nice, where you can catch a lot of people in that front arc. I, I'm just trying to say, 
is there some hawks that have some play without moldy crow? So will these be placed pointed low enough that you could have gamut and what was this guy's name? Tapusk. Uh, in the same list? Can you have multiple hawks feasibly in a scum list now? A competitive scum Absolutely. list. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So they'll, they'll probably be just barely cheaper than like Paylob or Torkoal. Well, maybe not this I-5 one because you have to pay the initiative tax. I think they missed the ball in, in not giving but, the, the Hawks another title. Yeah, we talked about that, right? It, it would have been nice to see like a scum-only yeah, Hawk, Hawk title. title. Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Vader. I-6, TIE Defender. You cannot spend force except while attacking. While you perform an attack, you may spend one force to change one Blake result to a hit result. Full throttle, same TIE Defender action bar, same TIE Defender stat bar. Rumored, con- confirmed rumor-ish, of 115 points with no sensor slot. Yeah, so it said there's no sensors in the article, so we yeah. know that. And the points are 100 plus, which it says in the article. Yeah. Yeah. And then supposedly there's somebody who has said it's 115. Yeah. Yeah, it's Darth Vader. This guy's going to hit like a truck. You could get bumped and still get like the first round of engagement while you still have force. You have to do You're going to get three, four, four hits. Like Darth Vader's going to always get max damage. That's, no, that's not true. Yeah. No. Not always. Have but you seen of... my dice? <laughs> Rage one. Dice pool. Four, four blanks. Well, I guess I'll spend my one force to change one because that's all I can do. No double reposition. They don't have a mod slot, so I can't take afterburners. Uh, can't spend a force for precog or supernatural. Yeah, I think without advanced sensors, it's too much. Can't take advanced sensors. Yeah. yeah. Can't take fire control, can't take passive. Yeah. If he could take some of those other things, yeah, I think he should be 115 points. 115 points and he doesn't have any of those tricks. It's too many points for me to put on the table. But people are going to do it because it's Darth Vader and the Defender. Sam, what do you think? Yeah. I. So I my my estimation was 98 points without sensor slot. And so that's a good 20 points more than I was thinking. But I will say I'm glad they erred in that direction rather than in the other direction, which would be making him too cheap. So the limitation here is not the ship itself. The limitation is what else you can put on the board with the ship. Um, And this particular ship gets completely shut down by anything with sense. Completely shut down. Um, So I I just don't... I'm personally not going to be investing 115 points in this because it's just going to get blocked and killed. Does um, yeah, he's going to get blocked and go down. Well, so you, or you have to have somebody with some coordination ability. So at I whatever before I six because none of the I six can coordinate. Then he can boost or barrel. You have roll. no boost or barrel roll before. Yeah, but then you're essentially a 30, 40, 50 point, point coordinator. Yeah, you're you're one ship list at that point, and the only what's the cheapest coordinator in, in Empire is it Vizier? Uh, Reaper? Yeah, Vizier. So you, so what do you get? You get Vader, and then you get a Reaper for thirty nine points, and then you get like Soon-tier. Duchess. Is that even good? I don't know. Duchess is good. 
Yeah. Yeah, but you're just Vader Duchess. Yeah, it, it it I think it's I think it's appropriately costed to not be a menace immediately. So that is that is my sort of view on it. Um and the the obviously it's still a defender, so it, it'll be hard to hit, but like I said, anything with sense on it. So even if you do have that coordinate, you could still sense him. So can you do um Vader in the defender? Jenden, and how many points do you have left? Because Vader, that gives Jenden. you a uh, turn one lock, and then that Jenden's gives you a coordinate. 49 points. So 49 so plus have... 115, so 50, so 165, so you have 35 points. And an academy. Yeah. <laughs> you can get like a, yeah, you can get like a TIE fighter. No, you could do um, yeah, a striker. There's, yeah. I think that's what you would do, do another three-die gun, right? Yeah, but then you can't get take a lock. Well, you can put targeting upgrade on or targeting computer. Yeah, sure. I, I, my point is like you don't once you sure. take Vader, you really have nothing else to take. Um, you could do like Vader soon tier if you want to just like go all in. But again, like anything with sense would just kind of rip that apart. Yeah, uh, I I see Vader against your Republic sense Anakin shenanigan list shakti whatever bullcrap that is yeah that, sabine yeah. and i'm gonna sense and boost and yeah. barrel roll and be wherever it is that you're gonna be yeah thank you for the 66 points appreciate it right okay so, so now what are you gonna beat me with the rest of your list <laughs> so now that you're 115 points behind what do you have left that's gonna win yeah i mean it's still really good right it's still really good but i just it has to get a certain amount of value before you, and, and if you have a hundred fifteen point ship, there's just nothing else to threaten really, and that's that's my fear with it. But people will try it because, like you said, it's Darth Vader and a defender, and the ability is really good. Um, is he going to partner well with the new uh, Tide Defender config, which is Tide Defender Elite? Decrease the difficulty of your hard turn move maneuvers. Increase the difficulty of your K-turn maneuvers. Replace full throttle with the following. Advanced fire control. After you perform a cannon or missile attack, if you have a lock on the defender, you may perform a bonus primary attack against the defender. So what if you have a double-tapping Darth Vader with Jendon that's fully modded? And his ability. I think this, this title is bad. Um, or this configuration is bad. That that's my that was my initial thought of it, because the lose best the part about turn. the defender is the full throttle, like full throttle and white four Ks. Yeah, and you get rid of you both took away of those two things. best things, <laughs> but now you have and, blue three hearts and white one and yeah, two hearts. I'd rather have a white four K than a than a red four K and then a three heart afterwards, well, which I don't of, get a full throttle. One of the downsides of the defender with. is its predictability, right? You're like, okay, here comes another four K. Here comes another 4K. Now you don't have yeah. that. I think I think the trap is that everyone since 1.0 has been accustomed to 4K, 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 where now this forces you to fly the Defender in a way that's completely different than we've ever done before. But I think there's a little bit of a trap uh, with this predictability thing. I think, that, I think that people make a mistake with this because, yes, you know they're going to 4K, but 50% of the time, you can't do anything about it. 
And it's the same thing with Whisper. You, Whisper, people say, is unpredictable. Whisper's not unpredictable. She's completely predictable. But like I said, you just can't 50 or 60% of the time, you can't do anything about it. And so the 4K being white, just because you know it's coming, you can't. oftentimes you can't even counter it. So I think that's that's a slight misconception that people have about like the predictability of defenders. Mm, time will tell. Yeah, and I think too that having to load an, a cannon on it is just not. Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess you could put like what uh, HLC, whatever auto blasters or something, just something. Yeah, something cheap. HLC. Yeah. Um, I six yeah. bullseye. Vader does that. Four dice. Yeah. Well, Vader's okay with that. Yeah. Oh, now I'm gonna double tap you. Vader's okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I well, I think it fits and like people you have to fly it differently now. Yeah, yeah but, and you're just kind of more jousty because now you're just gonna be oh I wanna I wanna shoot a bunch of it's times. It's an I6 double tap though. Yeah. Who else has an I6 double tap where they can change blanks to hits? Yeah, but how many po- is the is this config gonna be how much is it gonna cost to do this? It should be zero points. It, it should be, yeah. It, it should used be to be negative two almost. points. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. Remember. It should be negative or zero points. So I don't think it's going to be negative. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can make Vader less expensive. I mean, I'm okay with it if you do, because yeah, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to double tap and destroy something, and then I'm going to five straight out of there. Yeah, but now how many more points are you once you put this config on it and HLC? Okay, and how many are you going to get? Yeah, you can't even fit Jinden now. <laughs> You just have it's just Vader down, except he's in a defender now. It's, yeah, it's Vader Frontier, <laughs> or Vader Inquisitor, Vader in an academy and a bid. Yeah, I mean he he basically just becomes like Rush at an I six. Yeah, well, I I think it's cool that there's some fun things to do. Yeah, I mean it's an interesting design space, but I'm not convinced that that's what you want to be doing with your like. If I want a 115 point ship. That thing needs to survive as long as possible, and without the full throttle, I just, you know, and the, if you want to take advantage of the title, you need to have a lock, and you need to have a cannon or a missile slot. So, I mean, the one thing with the def- with the uh, TIE Defender Elite that I think would be good is if you put, like, a Magpulse warhead on them, because then you could, like, jam them and, and then double tap, I, I, but... You know, I still think it's it's again it's too much work, and I don't like. What is that it? You can't Do you shoot first? Is it them. primary first or cannon first? Cannon it's, or missile? It has to be the cannon, cannon first. or yeah. missile, and then it's the primary. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. I see that right. You mag pull some and you jam yeah, them. Yeah, but and... you have to have the lock, so you can't spend it. You don't have fire control, so you don't get a reroll. So it's just Vader dice. And then, if you still have your lock, then you can do a bonus primary. Yeah, but what about if you're putting in, like, you have a couple of these with deltas and ions? Like the deltas with Magpulse and ion. Well, you can't do both. You can choose. Are you doing Magpulse and ion and then primary? No, you have two of them. You have two defenders, both with this. Yeah. Well, with two defenders, I want more than one damage. Yeah, but you're shooting the primary as well. So the first one shoots the mag pulse, and then his primary, and then the second one ions, and then his primary. So you have two primaries going at it. So you'd need well, I don't, I don't know how many. And you depleted them, and you jammed them, and now you ion them for the next turn. 
Or you just put two with ion or one with ion and tractor. Or you just put two regular defenders on the board and you're probably better off. <laughs> you're probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just, we're just saying how can it work. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This I, is, this I is like the problem the that I had. Is like it just takes too much, you know. It just takes too much for it to work. Yeah, the defender itself with full throttle with the white 4K is so good. Yep. Yeah. So why would you take away that to shoot more times? Maybe some people like to shoot more times. I like to shoot more times. Yeah. Some people like to evade in white 4K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so we'll see how it goes, but. Uh, I think the overall reception is people are not happy because they want unkillable Vader. Just Imperial players complaining like scum players, right? Yeah. Yeah, how come this isn't... My Boba doesn't have... (laughs) I think think it's good. I think it's appropriately priced. And I honestly... You know, you guys were probably watching my stream at some point, but I people were freaking out once it was first announced. And I was like, this is why they built the game the way they did because they can price things accordingly, and if it's too strong, they'll make it more expensive. If it's not playable, they'll make it cheaper. Yeah, That's so exactly if he's 115 they, they points edition. and he doesn't make it on the table, they could bring him down. Yeah, people were saying that was like a game-ending thing. Like, people were going to stop playing the game because of this, and I was like, that's such nonsense. No, yeah. That's yeah. because we are people, and we like to say things. Yeah, yeah. everyone likes yeah. to go immediately to worst-case scenario, and, you know, 115 points... He's going to be fine. But I've heard a bunch of people say that they want to now get into the Imperial faction because of Darth Vader and the Defender. You've heard one person say that. Two. Who? Hayden and... Sam now, too. Yeah, Yeah, but Sam's horrible. Yeah, well... (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Somebody not good flying around a ship that's going to die fast. Easy wins for me. Uh, Sam, we're going to move into... Um, our league talk. So if you'd like to hang out, we'd love to have you. Um, if not, then you're free to go. What do you want to do? Um, I pro- actually, I got to gotta go eat lunch and take the dog out. But thank you guys so much for having me. It was uh, really a pleasure. And thanks for letting me brag about my stream for a little while. I appreciate any platform to speak, as you, as you well know about me. But uh, no, it's really, really a good time talking about some X-Wing and, and hanging out. So I'll look forward to watching the episode or listening to the episode when it comes out. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, do you want to throw out a plug for where people can find you? Yeah, you can find me at twitch.tv slash thecandidclarinetist. Uh, once again, Mike said earlier that I stream Wednesday nights and Sunday nights starting at 6 p.m. Eastern time, which is 4 p.m. Mountain time. Is that right? Yes. 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 So that's when I start streaming, and I usually go for three games, so, you know, four and a half hours or so each night. Um, Yeah, and then you can join my Discord or whatever and post pictures of your gourmet meals that I will never be able to create myself. (laughs) It's a good time. Well, Sam, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Enjoy watching the stream, so continue to do what you're doing because it's fantastic. Yeah, thanks a lot, Sam. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. I enjoy watching you. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. See you All guys. Right. Bye, Sam. Now. Now that he's gone, filters are off. <laughs> it's about to get real up in here. Um, How far are we in? Oh, we're probably an hour now. We're, yeah, we're an hour yeah. and a half. So this is going to be... Uh, um, We'll just do some quick league recap. Mm, okay. We'll do what we can. Um, <laughs> So it's been a couple weeks since we've had any league chat. 
but let's go back. Did I update my spreadsheet? It does not include this last week of voting, if I remember correctly. Good, because I know I got one wrong because Hayden had to forfeit and I didn't change my pick. Ooh. Mm. I did that on purpose. I'm like... Yeah, you know, way to... to... I picked Hayden and yeah, he had to forfeit, but I'll take the lost. Okay. Uh, So the last time, I think it was just rounds one and two. Oh, no, uh, it was up to three. And then we've had rounds four and five since the last podcast. Let's go over current standings. Real quick. Uh, Right now in our league, Zoch is currently in first. He managed to beat me on Thursday. So he is 4-1. He is 140 MOV ahead of me. Uh, Tom is in third at 4-1, although he'll be the first to mention that two of his wins were buys. He's 4-1, enjoying his third slot with With only (laughs) two two free wins. Yeah, two wins. Perfect. Andrew, you've pulled up. You're four and one now. Uh, you're in fourth place. Four, yeah, woohoo! Uh, Eleven ninety nine MOV. You're, that rounds out the top fours. The three and twos. These are the guys that are still in contention for the cut. Uh, so we have Daniel in fifth, Christian at sixth, Hayden at seventh. There's still a possibility that he makes the cut. His MOV is kind of low though, so we'll see what happens. It's just those three, right? It's tough with both of those guys ahead of him. Yeah, but I guess it's all depending, right? Yeah, so but Hayden could do it, man. He could just yeah. 200 owe somebody. 400 MOV, that puts him at 1443. So that puts him, yeah, he could be in contention if he does really well. And if there's some close matches in the top four. Yeah, I, there, I don't think that the top four now is the top four that's going to be when we make the cut. My MOV is really low, so if I lose, I for sure will drop out of the top four. And one of those guys will pass me up if one of the ones that win. Who's playing each other out of the three and twos? Uh, let's, let's see. Let's look at the who's playing who. So you and I are playing Mike. Yeah, that would be fun. Well, it's because I've already played Tom and I've played Zoch. So so we knew that was going to happen before yeah. we did the pairings. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so Daniel and Christian are both three and two. They're playing each other. Okay, so that's... The big game. Yep. And then Hayden is playing Mike Fast. He so, is two and three right now. So Hayden got the pair down. Yeah. So um Hayden could have a big win here, right? Yeah. Where he can still make it. The, there you go. Pressure's on, Mike. Your game still matters. Yeah, hundred percent. He can be gatekeeper. Yeah. For Hayden. Knock keep Hayden from going on. Ooh. Uh, and then also, so there's uh, Daniel and Christian. So they'll yeah. determine if one of them can make top four. Uh, because we know. Yeah, so if I lose against you, the winner of Daniel Christian will probably be in for sure. Because their MOV will pass mine. Yeah. I don't think we'll be able to pass. Yeah, so you are the lowest four and one. So whoever wins that. Well, Christian may not because he's only at 1061. Or 1062. So, so maybe if Christian won, yeah. So if Christian won and we have a close match, then it's possible that he still may that not I make I could the still be four. ahead of him, yeah. But it is possible, like, if Hayden wins and has a big one, it could be Hayden and Hayden could climb the ranks. Yeah, so if let's just say Hayden gets 300 MOV, a 200-100 win, then he'll be 1343. So Zoch is probably pretty safe whether he wins or loses. But the pressure's on the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're up there on yeah, the MOV, too. I, 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 
I'd rather have won last week, but, you know, it'll be close. So those matches are going to be interesting to determine who goes into the, to the top four, because really the prize that everybody's playing for are the range rulers. Yeah. The top four. But um, for the other games, too, we have we do have top eight get, get an extra the strain deplete token. So uh, let's go over the voting real quick. This so, has been super fun. Yeah. Week, <laughs> week four. Um, everyone did pretty well, except Tom. Tom had, he, he, he continues to pick his underdogs and it didn't end quite so well for him. Uh, he was two out of seven, correct? Ooh. But Mike Fast was three out of seven. Uh, Eric, Daniel, and Christian were four out of seven. And then everybody else's, we had a couple seven out of sevens, four of them. So Andrew, you, Ben, my son, Nate, Sam, and Zoch, all 100% correct picks in week four. Ooh. Pretty good. And then as a group, 75% picked me to win, 100% picked Hayden to win, which he, he pulled off. 69% had picked Andrew to win. No faith. Yeah. No. That's, uh, that's that was one of the a, lowest. Yeah, and I was playing Daniel. Well, Daniel's Daniel's been playing good. He made it close. Yeah, and it was super close. He could have beat, easily could have beaten. He easily could have beat me and easily could have lost by more. So <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah, it, it's a win. Uh, I'll take it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 81% correct on Zoch's win, 81% correct on Christian's win, 69% on Sam's win. So Sam, uh, he Ryan had him on the ropes. Ooh. So uh, it was a pretty close game that uh, the it ended well for Sam, but it was pretty neck and neck throughout the match. Uh, and then Ben was uh, 63% correct um, versus Ian in his match. Round oh, That was round four. That happened to be the second week that Zoch was 100% correct on his picks. Uh, last, the, the previous week, he was the only person to go 7 for 7 on picking correctly. Mm. So Zoch is going to be highest overall, too. Probably have the best person. No, because his beginning... Because he was not picking well early. Yeah. Mm. So right now... Well, I haven't uh, tabulated this last week... Uh, so going from weeks one to four, the highest averages are Andrew, you, and Nate. You're at 79% correct pick rates. Zoch was at 75 And then Ben was at 71%. I'm going to exclude Mike, Flint, Michael Flint, Eric, and Justin from their votes uh, because they've been pretty inconsistent on their voting, so their numbers are low. Uh, but Ryan is at 32% with the lowest consistent average pick. But even look, last week he was 86% in his picks. Mm. Pretty close. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun picking everybody every week. So uh, I'm probably going to go down, though, because I for sure picked one wrong that I made a call that I didn't want to change my pick. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and I, did you pick <laughs> But I think win? I picked, uh, yeah, and I picked you. I yeah. lost too. Uh, so I'll update that so that we'll include last week's. Um, but let's go to week six picks these are the final picks of the swiss round week six matches right now andrew we are 50 50 seven votes for me seven votes for you i think that's that's appropriate right yeah and our games are always like that too sometimes i win sometimes you win 
Table two, Tom versus Zoch. Ten have voted for Zoch, four for Tom. Mm. This I don't know, too, because so you, Z- Zoch is hot, um, but Tom's, <laughs> and Tom has two free wins, I guess. But uh, Tom's flying a gross list. Yeah, what happens to the Jedi if they get ionized? Yeah. Bad things. Yeah, they don't get a move after, and yeah, no reposition. So th- <sighs> that's a super interesting game. Yeah, does Zoch go five and one in the league? Maybe he's gonna try it. Mm. Yeah, mm. and Zoch we were talking about before the podcast. He has lots of experience with these Jedi, and he knows how to get them into spots. Yep. Um, they do have the reposition and being able to move after all those seeks. That's good. Daniel and Christian, right now Daniel's leading the voting. He's ten to five, so it's a two to one right now. And that's going to be a really big game on which one of them can make it into the top four. Yeah. I know Daniel really wants to make the cut, but he has to win convincingly to have a chance with his MOV. Christian again flew. Or is Christian the one with the lower MOV? Or it's Daniel? I think it's Christian. It is Christian that has a lower MOV. By 111. But both of them will be fighting for a spot. Yeah. So, and Christian can pull off some yeah, but weird Christian, things. Christian has to win really big. He needs to win big. Yeah. So if Daniel wins there by 200 go. to 100, he has a good chance of making the cut. Christian needs to do like what he did to Ryan, 200 to 18. So if yeah. Christian can do that again, then he probably makes cut. Pressure's on, Christian. You got a chance. At Daniel, yeah. Yeah. And Daniel, you have a chance too. Uh, right now, poor Mike, he is just getting hammered in voting, uh, 100% voting for Hayden. I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a tough match, Mike. Be the gatekeeper, though. Yeah. You could Hayden's going to try to sneak in the top four, and you have a chance to ruin his day. David and Eric are playing. That's another close match. Right now, it's 7-6. to six. David's up by one vote. Table six, Sam. Sam's down at table six playing Ian. Uh, he is favored, though, so it's almost a 3-1. to one. So it's 11 points, 11 votes Sam, 4 points for Ian. But uh, Sam's been having a hard go at uh, hyperspace. Yeah, I think he's having a hard spot with hyperspace and first order. Yeah, they lost some cool things yeah. that he had been doing. And then table 7, Ryan versus Ben. Brother oh. versus brother. Ryan already said he's like, I don't want to play Ben. <laughs> I was like, I know. Ben is leading four votes or nine votes to four. So close, close stuff. We had some I like the first comment after from Ben W. Ben Wetton. Oh yeah. So yeah. Ben wrote, uh, this round it's the battle of the Saucitos, including Andrew. Just like every tournament ever. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're always all playing each other. At least it happened week six and not week one. That that is true. That's the worst. Because I love it when we travel and we drive <laughs> 10 hours in a car somewhere around one. Yeah. Ben. <laughs> yep. Um, bounties for this coming week. So, Andrew, you're a bounty, Ooh. but so am I. So, Ooh. whoever bounty loses versus this, yeah, bounty match, we have to sign a sticker for the uh, for the opponent. I think we need to have the sticker in the middle of the, during the match. Exactly. So, yeah, it's 100%. taunting us. Uh, Zoch is also a bounty, so Tom can earn another sticker. And then Ryan is the bounty, so Ben can earn a sticker by uh, defeating Ben. Super fast recap on league matches for the last two weeks. 
Anything else we want to talk about about league matches? No, that's good. It's been a lot of fun. I've been having a good time. I'm ready for extended. Ugh, hyperspace. Yeah, hyper. It's hard. It's been fun and it's different, but it's hard. Yeah, it was fun the first few weeks where it was like, oh, this is new and different, and we're and then yeah, like week four, it was like ugh. Well, especially so, I like to fly rebels, and rebels is missing so much in hyperspace. So there's no U-wing there, and I really like the U-wing. Anything else that we want to talk about then? Ah, maybe we should wrap it up. Yeah, we're gonna go play some X-wing, right? We were trying. Yeah, to be, we're gonna play. Uh, so AMG has a thing going on this weekend. You guys aren't gonna be able to hear this in time, so hopefully you've been paying attention in Discord, um, where we're playing light side versus dark side and hoping to influence the upcoming card releases. Yeah, I like that so, about AMG. Yeah, that's cool. They're doing a hate. It's not hate. Uh, heightened perception card, right? So it's going to be a heightened perception card, and depending on people's outcome and matches this weekend, will determine on whether it's a light side or dark side heightened oh, perception. It's going to be a dark side, I probably because so many people like to play Empire, and there's tons of separatists out there. And yeah, it's going to be. But good. I'm going to try to beat you today with the rebels. Also, we have some new people in Discord, so if you are... I saw Jeff, Jeff Norton. Haven't heard from him oh, in a while. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so he popped in, and then uh, the Zoch and Daniel's friend slash co-workers joining in, so we're seeing people. Donnie came to X-Wing on Thursday, so people are starting to trickle back in as COVID starts to ease up. So hopefully you've been going to your local game night and con- communicating with your store owners to see if the open play is going to be available to you because it's happening happening okay so um any update for patreon yeah just shout out to all of our patrons uh i know sam i'm hard on you during the during uh the podcast but sam's been a faithful patron since the beginning and uh a couple new ones trey just joined nice. patreon yep. uh vince joined a couple months ago and has yep. been on a couple weeks uh jd's another one who's yeah. been just supporting us since the beginning saint george crew yeah, it's like the whole St. George crew now. So uh, shout out to everybody who supports us. And uh, that we just are going to use to create a card and some prize support or something. And I, I which, do. I have been in talks with um, Kuat Print Works. He has a um, an Etsy store where he does 3D printing. He does those dial covers of General Grievous and Darth Vader. Oh, yeah. So he's looking into making some UCX dial covers with our full color logo. Ooh. So we'll see, because that could be something that we do uh, Patreon. Yeah, that would be super cool. Maybe it's just a thank you. Just like, yeah. Here's a dial cover for these people. Yeah, we were able to give the Fearless card. I sent them out to all the Patreon people, and they were the first people and only people to have them for a while. Yeah. Now that we've had a tournament, there's a few more of them out there. So, yeah, thanks. Thanks for those who do support us. And if you want to, it's just UCX on Patreon, UCX Podcast on Patreon. Yeah, we appreciate it very much. So hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. Thanks again to Sam for listening in. He was fantastic. Oh, it was a lot of fun having him on. Yeah. Yeah, and watch his stream. It's it's fun to watch Sam's Yeah, it's stream. a lot of fun. I and just casually have it on all the time. And then we'll be on in two weeks with Nate again. Yeah. It'll be good to see him. And then there'll be Maybe. new stuff and lots more to talk about then. Heck yeah. Ooh. 
Well, ooh, uh, league champion won't be decided yet, will it? Will not be decided yet, yeah. We'll have some speculation at that time. All right, guys, this is Mike. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Andrew. Thank you, guys.